Welcome to the Alchemy Archetypes and Ascension podcast. I'm your host, Jess Beard. I believe we can change the world if we all concentrate on ascending into the greatest versions of ourselves in this lifetime. All episodes and interviews are to inspire and educate us to transform. I want to explore spirituality, 5D and quantum shifting, health, mindset, business and more. If you need to transform any error in your life, then I want to be talking about it. I wanted to talk to you today about my spiritual activation, what happened, what went down, and how I progressed through all of the transformation. So it started actually for me in the December of 2011. I started to really, really feel such immense dislike, hatred, despair, fury. Like I I just hated my life. I knew something had to change. And there was so much, so many layers, so many programs and patterns that I was running, but I didn't know that at that stage. I was just really, really, really unhealthy. Are so unhappy. Like I cannot begin to tell you how unhappy. And I actually wonder what I, I would have been like and what would have happened if I didn't have my spiritual activation and make the changes. I've never been someone who suffered from like long-term deep depression or suicidal thoughts or anything else like that. But I honestly feel like if I had ignored all this and kept on going, I would have got to a very dark space and a dark place like that. So during the December of 2011, I was like, I need to make some changes. And of course, my greatest, best idea was, hey, you could do some exercise and you could totally and utterly transform your life. And I committed to doing half an hour's worth of exercise every single day minimum for me who had been completely stationary and not doing anything this was pretty massive now I did it and I would walk or I would do all kinds of different things that was on YouTube or some kind of thing I I did a mixture and I was not losing weight which just made me furious. I was eating better, exercising every single day. I couldn't understand why my weight wasn't at least budging a little bit. So I know that that's ridiculous, (laughs) but I was just in such a mess that this was like the universe is betraying me. And I was fully in so much outrage at myself and god and life it was just a shit show it really was i was just in such an awful place now a few things interesting that happened is in the january i'd got back home from spending time with my brother and i got an email from a lady who would run workshops and meditations and facilitated spiritual stuff And I'd been on her email list because 
of something I had seen ages ago and I didn't really interact or read too much or, or attend any of the events or anything else like that. But this email came through about this amazing lady called Robin LaPlante who was visiting in April and she was shamanic and she was kind of talking about dragons and um, energy and all this other stuff. I can't even remember fully everything that was in there. I kind of heard the word shaman and dragons and was like emailing back, I'm in. I got a confirmation that she had written me down on the list and everything and then I, with my subconscious and with everything that was going on, I forgot that I signed up to it. And this is one of these experiences where I feel like our future self comes in and will do things because they're important in like three, four, five, six months. I don't know if you've experienced that, but I found it really fascinating because I just forgot about it. I go back to exercising each day. Nothing's getting better. I'm not feeling any better and I'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier. Now, my birthday is at the end of March and it was my 29th year. So I was in my Saturn return. I didn't know what a Saturn return was at that stage, but boy, do I know it now. And I fully had this incredibly awful defining moment, which is hysterical to think about. But when I went through it, it was just rough. So my friend and her two children, we were talking about climbing Wollumbin, which is Mount Warning in the Northern Rivers, and people get torches and they go early in the dark and they see all the glowworms as they climb up and then they watch the sunrise. And I'm like, right, I want to do this. And it was so fascinating to me because normally I would like think no, but I'm like, I can totally do it. And I've been exercising each day. I feel like this is a possibility. I'm confident, but it's a big climb, especially for someone who's uh, overweight and unfit. But it just didn't even occur to me to not do it. So off we go. And we saw the glowworms and we're having a magical time of it. And it started to get really hard. And there's like hundreds of steps, maybe in thousands, and you climb slowly up this mountain. And my legs are burning and I'm tired and I'm exhausted. And I feel like a burden to the children and my friend who are both so fit and active. It's, they're, they're, it's a walk in the park for them. And this weird stubbornness activated inside of me it was like if I could defeat this mountain then everything would be fixed in my life I can't control these feelings inside of me of just anger and despair and dislike and all the things and I realized that in hindsight this mountain becomes symbolic of my unhappiness and I was going to conquer this mountain and the mental journey I went on was so full on and so full of anguish. I was so determined and I climbed and I ached and I 
and I hurt and it was freezing and it sprinkled a little bit with rain and all these things were going on. And I was like, oh, my God, do I really want to do this? And I kept going. There's this part at the very top and it's called the chains and you kind of have to like haul yourself up to get to the plateau and the viewing part. And at this stage, the rains had come and it was freezing because of the altitude and there's fog everywhere. And I felt so furious. I'd started climbing these chains and the rain coming down was pouring over the rocks and into my shoes and I was freezing and wet and my legs were shaking from the exhaustion and being overused. It was just full. And I had this moment of surrender and my mind and my heart and my body is just like, what are you doing? Why are you pushing for this? It's raining. There's fog and mist and clouds everywhere. You can't see anything. Why are you determined to get up to the top? What What do you want to get out of this? And I wobbled over to this tree with all these big roots and I sat down and I had a tiny little thermos of tea and, I, and it was hot. So I made myself hot tea and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, you've rejuvenated a little bit. Do you really want to go up there and just get even more wet and see nothing? Or are you going to accept that this climber has had absolutely nothing to do with you wanting to conquer and do it and being stubborn and determined and powerful and it's actually you need to love yourself enough to just stop? And I just sat there and I sat and I allowed myself to feel it all. And I went, I'm being ridiculous. I'm not going to see anything. I've pushed myself all this way and now you've got to go down. And it was the most excruciating journey down I've ever experienced. Because I had really hurt my muscles on the climb up, when you're descending and your whole body weight is like putting it on, it's like the front of your muscles on your thighs are taking the full brunt of everything and every step was like burning hot razor blades in my muscles and I didn't have as much energy to lift my legs so there's this one part where you have to really climb down this boulder and I put my hand on this rock which had like a vine thing which I thought was like fully cemented there and it was wrapped around it tightly but it was loose so when I put my hand on it I the me and the vine slipped so my toes um in my sneakers smashed into the ground I didn't know it at that time, but I had just bruised and traumatized my toes so much. I would eventually, I had six black toenails and I would eventually lose three of my toenails and have like issues with them for years to come. Um, It was so painful. So now every step my feet were just traumatized but my leg muscles were like razor burns and I was just so miscible excruciating pain 
which in many ways symbolizes what my soul was feeling and what was actually going on with I needed change and was so unhappy. I finally make it all the way down. And do you know my only thought was that at least I'll lose some weight. At least out of all of this, it's been so terrible, at least I'm going to lose some weight. Because spirit has a very funny sense of humor, I actually didn't lose weight. I put on weight. I think it was probably because of the muscles. Um, But I was furious and so upset. Now, a series of really interesting things happened. There was a lady who was an energy healer and she did the Mune Key shaman rites and she had like this muscular energy routine thing that she used to do and she was just really profound. I was in excruciating pain for days. My muscles just wouldn't release the pain. My birthday um, lunch with my sister and my mum came up. Do you know I walked past this lady's healing little work place that she had in the shop and I took her brochure and I was reading it and I was like oh now when I was reading it I was really drawn to the energy work and to the Muneki shaman rides but I didn't say that I didn't acknowledge that instead I was in my logical um, brain and I'm like oh look she does this muscular stuff that might help with my legs I'm still, you know, a bit iffy about should I do it? And I go home and I get an email from the same lady who I booked in with the workshop in the January. And she was recommending, you know, have a session with this lady. And she mentions everything about her. And I'm just like, oh, two, two things in the one day. That's, that's pretty magic. A couple of hours later. I'm opening the local newspaper and here is something about her as well. And I'm like three things in one day. And it just had that feeling like you need to go and see her. So I booked in. Now I told her that I was coming because I had like muscular problems and um, explained, you know, I needed to have worked on my legs. I get to the good venue and I sit down across from her. She's like, oh, tell me what's been going on. And out of my mouth poured everything, my frustrations, my I'm trying to change everything, everything I'd been feeling, every the exercise I'd been doing, this event on um, Wollumbin and like everything that happened. And I was fed up and I was done and I needed change and I needed help and I was, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be more spiritual. I wanted to do this stuff with the shaman things. Like it just poured out of my life, uh, like right out of my mouth. It was it was profound, and like a word vomit. And the poor woman had me like just talking flat out for twenty minutes. And she says, "We can do some work. We can do. We can work upon this." And she gets me on the table, and she starts going through my chakra system. And doing energetical work and shamanic work. 
I'd set such huge intentions and she was really working with that and I just I felt so at peace and so different and so good and she did the most profound healing it was my first energy healing I'd ever had and it changed my life I'm like this is the answer it's not exercising every single day it's it's exploring energy and getting help so I book in with her again the next week. I said, I really want to work upon this. And what happened was I just started to shift and heal in the most profound ways. And lo and behold, this is quite hysterical when I think about it, but I get this email from the lady that I booked in with in January. And she's like, hey, I'm just reaching out because... Um, Robin the plant's going to be arriving in a couple of weeks and just want to make sure you're still interested and I had to go back and reread like what the whole workshop was about and I'm like oh my god am I interested yes 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 so I I replied back I am there thank you for this opportunity massive yes I decided that I wanted to do a few more energy healings in preparation for that. And the lady did this thing called a karmic release. I just, I really pushed for those to have these energy clearings. And it was just so profound. Now, this lady said to me as I'm, as she's working upon me, and she gave me uh, her copy of The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle to um, read which was hysterical because my ego in that book had the most interesting relationship. I could only read one to two pages a day because my ego hated it that much. But I'd read the one or two pages and everything that was on those pages, I'd experienced that day. No lie. It was so weird and magical. And this is the thing that I feel that happens when you have spiritual activation is spirit gives you like all these magical moments in order to keep you on the momentum of change. And this is what I felt happened within me because now in hindsight, I can say, I know archetypally what happened. It was the mystic archetype descending into my field, into my um, body and to really go on this complete esoterical journey of discovery and I would explain it to people it was like I was on a bullet train and I couldn't get off because if I took one step off it was so excruciating I just had to get on the plane and not uh, sorry the train and not really know where I was going but just whatever I was supposed to be learning, I would learn in a two to three year period, I consumed vast amounts of esoterical knowledge, workshops, um, modalities and energy trainings, traveled overseas and did portal work and energy work and traveled over to Mexico and did a pilgrimage and spiritual tour that was so much more it activated all this stuff and I got to meet a main elder and that's a whole other story 
I just consumed and experienced everything. Reiki healing, crystal healing, uh, fifth dimensional workshops of talking about energy and vast things and bigger concepts. The Australian Bushflower Essences practitioner, Mune Key, and the Shaman Rites, and another Shaman course. Um, I did study on Wicca and Earth Medicines, multiple books. Caroline Mace, uh, Mice and her archetypal work started to come in towards the end of it. And I had like this period of time where I was just learning all this stuff, um, medical, uh, intuitive, astrology. I did a little bit of numerology, a little bit of the Kabbalah just all kinds of stuff too too many to even remember unless like I just consumed all this information and then at a certain period of time it would have been this all all started in March of 2012 and it would have been probably towards the end of 2014 and into 2015 that the mystic archetype kind of lifted and it was time for me to start to embody all the stuff that I'd learned. And it was at this stage that Caroline Mice came in and the stories of how these books and these things find me and and have these impacts is quite amazing and magical. So an example is with my Mexico trip. So I was um, drawn to a book called Serpent of Light by June Velo Melchizedek. I almost had an out-of-body energetical experience and just was almost high as a kite when reading that book. And other people I had lent the book to and, and they just didn't have much of an experience at all. There's something in there that was codes for me. And then um, in the book it, it mentions um, Humbat's Man who then I, ha- I go to Mexico with. So I get an email, sorry, that, hey, do you want to come and do this spiritual tour with this Hoon's Bats Man? So, like, you couldn't make that up. But my experience with Caroline Mice was the same. So there was a, a beautiful elderly lady I used to go and help, and she really wanted to do things by exchange. So I helped her with her computer and fixing a few things. And in exchange, she gives me these CDs, or which um, had been given to her. And they were the Entering the Castle um, CDs of Caroline Mice. Now, for anybody who wants to come to me for pirated copies of anything, I have purchased that since. So... Um, you know, if anyone wants to get upset about that, but I wasn't going to say no to a wonderful old lady gifting me some stuff. I just put them on my bookcase and didn't think anything of them. Uh, a couple weeks later, I I have this blog article which was talking about uh, the empath and I'm reading it and it mentions Caroline and this one course and I go over and I'm looking at her website 
And I look through all the media library and this one thing stands out to me, which I think the very first one I ever did was information that every energy healer needs to know or something like that. And it was a course that she had done about understanding energy and the body and the chakra systems and everything for energy healers. I downloaded it. I watched and consumed all 10 lessons and my life was forever changed because this was my guide, this was my teacher, this was my predominant person who would change my life. And Caroline is, I just think, one of the most amazing human beings. And from then I have studied so many of her other videos. I've purchased her um, sacred contracts, which is all about the archetypes. I've, I just love this woman. I found my thing. I found my, my way of putting all the information I had gathered and learned, having a tangible skill and way of seeing things. And this is what I love about every single person's spiritual activation is we all do it in our different ways, but it's all very similar. I can have somebody sit there and talk to me about incredible galactical and energetical and symbolical things that they're seeing and my mind is actually interpreting it back into archetypal languages and experiences because that's how I view things it's my thing it's my lenses it's how I I transmute and understand and and see things so to me archetypes is a language it's a way of viewing and seeing things it's no different than if someone comes through and they're a tantrika. A beautiful friend of mine's a tantrika and she sees things through that lens and that's her operating system and how she processes and does things. Then you have other people who absolutely are just meditation gurus and they can transmute and clear things with meditations and it's, it's their lens and it's their biggest toolkit. You've got other people who do Akashic readings and go into the Akashic library and that's how they see things and that's their main lenses. You have people who do light language, who are just these incredible beings who bring through these light codes and sound codes and that's their predominant lenses and and how they see things and transmute things. But we're all doing the same thing. We just have a different flavour. We find this one thing and it's like, you know, I I might have 10 or 20 different certificates and I've done 50 different workshops and read 100 different books. But the thing that helps me the most is archetypal languaging and expressing and seeing how that can alchemize and transmute and transform. It's my jam. It's my thing. Other people can go through these massive transformative journeys and they work with crystals a lot and crystals are their jam and they have like this bond that's deeper and more intrinsic and all of our spiritual journeys and activations are profound and unique to us and we go on this journey of gathering tools through my esoterical teachings and learnings and books and workshops and certificates and modalities and conversations and travels, I take little bits of everything. And I've gone to an entire workshop, paid 
hundreds of dollars for a workshop and the man ends up saying like just one or two things that I need to hear it's like one or two paragraphs and that's what I needed bring that into my um toolkit I've read entire books and it's like one page or one paragraph that's had the code or the key or the thing that I needed to hear and you form as you're growing and as you're going this identity of who you are and what you're wanting to do and how you're wanting to serve if you're feeling called to serve that is and it's a combination of everything and then you just find your thing your jam your thing that makes everything makes sense and you want to help people with that and the cool thing is is there's millions of other people in the collective who speak your language, who respond to the thing that lights you up. So if you're an Akashic reader and that's your lens, you will find other people that want Akashic readings because they they speak in your language. You know, if you're a light language person and you're facilitating and you're speaking it and healing it and working with it, you will find people who respond to it. There's no right or wrong. It's all individual expressions and individual aspects but we're all one we're all connected there's all people that speak the same things and have the same frequency as us and respond and it's wonderfully encouraging and beautifully wholesome where you feel like you are part of the whole we are all connected we are all one and it's such an intense journey when we have a spiritual activation and it takes years and the shadow work that is done in the shadow work which is vital to do as we release belief systems or we release programs traumas old versions of ourselves societal programs where you have to learn and go actually you know what i don't believe in that i don't believe in that politics i don't believe in that religion i don't believe in those thought processes i don't believe in that belief systems everything you have to form your own unique identity and sometimes it's really really hard it took me 18 months to unprogram my religious woundings it took me six months to fully let go of the inner critic three months intense and then i had a lot of work and then the next three months was more transforming a few things three to six months with self-love and being able to say nice things to myself six to 12 months to fully be able to accept a compliment six months to 12 months to fully stop people pleasing do you, the amount of work that I did do you see how you need time to unprogram and then after you do the big amount over a few years period, then comes the fine tuning of layers that you didn't even know that's there. To this day, I'm still finding interesting layers and healing other programs and different things. But I love my journey. I love my abilities. I love how quickly I can alchemize and transmute these things. Instead of getting stuck with my inner critic, I can see it and transmute it really quickly. If I'm in the midst of a trigger, I might have to do it 10 times a day, but it, there's none of that attachment to the belief systems anymore. If I have a nasty thought about myself, I clear it. I don't hold on to it like I used to. And that's profound and so goddamn welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I don't ever want to go back to it and I can't. And that's probably what I want to end with as a reassuring aspect is 
once you really heal it and let it go, you never ever have to go back to it. You can have those layers that need to be peeled off, but once you've really learned something, once you've really let it go, healed it, transmuted, it never comes back in its full totality, its full total full-on energy. So you can have aspects, you can get frustrated and go, oh, I thought I've learned this lesson, I thought I've done this. But if you're really honest with yourself, it's just a layer. It's not like you're back in the full depths of despair of it. And if you are, then you never really healed it in the first place. You just stuck a Band-Aid on it. So I hope this has made you think and reflect on your own spiritual journeys and your own spiritual activations and your learning and how things have unfolded for yourself. I'd love to hear from you. If this resonated, please like comment, subscribe, follow, reach out because I really love the community aspect of being online and I want to know if this resonated.